Here we go again. Again. Back at it again. Again. The grand finale of the Powerful Sound series. Friend, how you feeling? Yeah, Hope. It's the finale. My ah. pet talk turned into a pet friendly, so ah. I had to do it. So I had silly. to do it. I had to, you know. <laughs> um, I have a spiritual today. You got a spiritual? Yeah, real quick. Okay, give it to me. Um, it's an old one. I think I've said it here before, but it's like, I consider it a mantra, if you will. Okay. Um, real quick, real brief. Shake that ass, girl. Get that hoochie back. <laughs> 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 get that coochie wet. Welcome to it may be the end of Pride, but my twerking is year long, one on one. Welcome to this rainbow flag flies freely at all times. Three hundred three. Welcome to as soon as July first hits, all the corporations are going to take out all their Pride apparel. 100. <laughs> oh, I got one for you. Welcome to Bitch, This is Pride. I will wear my jock strap and my harness, and you will deal 306. Welcome to if you just so happen to be at Pride and see something lewd taking place, bitch, mind your business. Mind your motherfucking business. That's it. With that being said, I have enough of the antics. Welcome to a lovely social experiment gone right that we love to call. Who raised you, hoes? Um, I am your host, Lonnie, but this week I will be going by four times platinum virtual sweet butts. <laughs> <laughs> you did the fuck out of that. I, don't I, I just don't, I don't understand. I sing the songs. Listen. <laughs> and uh, I am your co-host, Marlon, and this week I will be going by the Green Fairy. Oh, come on, the Green Fairy. And that's I like that. That's that's gonna, that's, that's gonna work. That's gonna work. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there. Did you see it? You like it? Yes. It's great. Um, as you guys know, this is the wrap up for the Prideful Sound series, and we are not alone. Um, we have two wonderful guests that are here with us, and um, fellas, it's time for you guys to introduce yourselves. Well, one is returning, but. So- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is your boy Medino Green, and I am back. That's right. Hey, welcome back, Dino. <laughs> and what's going on? Having me <laughs> is the one and only Black Fairy, and I am here. That's the right. Y'all here. In good Y'all here. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your schedules to be here to deal with our antics. Real quick, real simple. <laughs> but um, it's time for us to break this ice, you know? That's right. Let's crush it down. up. You know, probably just started. Loosen it up a little bit. So we're going to play a little game called Pick One. This is our first icebreaker. That's right. Don't get scared now. <laughs> <laughs> Your face is classic. That was wonderful. Yes, that was a classic face. I was trying to show that. Um, here we go. Now, here's the first one. Uh, Drake or Ja Rule? Who or who? Drake or Ja Rule? Ja. Black Fairy says Ja Rule. Do you know what you're saying? I'm going Drake. (laughs) Okay. Um, Megan Thee Stallion or Lotto? Lotto. Meg. Okay. Okay. Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole? Cole. Cole. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Cakes the killer or Little Nas X? Notorious B.I.G. or Tupac? Big. Tupac. And the last one, and this is actually not an artist. Are you ready? 
Um, the bad boy camp or the death row camp? Bad boy. Without a doubt, bad boy. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have to say bad boy as a collective. Okay. So you scared? Yeah, she's about to say death, death row. <laughs> no, nah, I had to run their roster down in my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on to the second icebreaker. You want to do the second right away? That's right, right away. Oh wow, okay, we're switching it up. That's it. All right, go off. All right, so this question is for the both of you. What is the dopest, hardest line you ever wrote? Uh-huh, that's right. Right through the right through the crate, dig <laughs> it out and give it to me. Think about it. The dopest, hardest line you ever wrote. Put that pen and paper and was like, bitch, that's bad. Right there. This is the one. I can't think of that right now because I said a lot of shit in my <laughs> The best one you can come up with off the top of your head right now. Like what's the one that sticks out to you right now? It's too many. That's why I'm just like, damn. Um, Actually, there's this one that I wrote on my first EP, and it's not like the most popping song, but mm-hmm. it was like my personal favorite line because I talked about um like kids, like younger kids getting like abused and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I said, um, I guess my problems ain't your problems, but it doesn't matter. My little Timmy down the street getting abused by jimmy or tanisha creeping off with britney reenacting crimes of tiffany these realities are just theories oh these scenarios are just theories of realities that haunt me man can anybody hear me to me that was just like i feel like my most powerful pen that i had ever wrote because i was like that was some real shit there (laughs) listen to that song today and i yeah that that's yeah okay so yeah that was my shit absolutely you know you got one that you still search Still searching. <laughs> just, just take one up. Just take one off top of the dome that comes to mind that you can think of. Right. I mean, if or if you want to, you know, you can just spit one right now off the top. I mean, you know, I got it. Post it. Right. Everything. We know. We we see you. I know you be scared. <laughs> I don't know. I think I heard something to... about twenty and twenty twos and cars, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So you, you know, know, I did that one because I just want to hear it. Came up. I ain't gonna lie. You in twenty twenty. That wasn't driving twenty twenty two. I said, "God damn." That wasn't a hard line for me though. Mm. Oh no, that was one of my favorites that I heard from you. I was like, "That's a fake." I'm gonna say I'm gonna stand back on the line that stuck out the most to me that mm. I that I heard earlier. I'm gonna wait. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna wait, y'all. <laughs> Because I, I felt like such a bad bitch from getting my hair Did done. You? <laughs> the baddest that you could think of. Come on. Okay. The original bad girl, Riri. Oh. <laughs> that really got me stuck with this. Can we come back to Mons? Yes. We'll come, back. we'll come back. Um, Let's get started then. Um, Black Fairy, you're fairly new to the scene with your music and produced a lot of material. What inspired your deep dive into hip hop and what's keeping you pushing? Um, what started it was just kind of like the space and opportunity to. Um, I kind of focused on like life goals, I guess, like the normal pattern of life. Mm-hmm. And so once I took time and figured out like what is it that I want to do with my life, you know, what is it creatively that I want to do? Um, that's the music kind of just happened, but it always been there. It was just kind of like that space and that opportunity for me to tap into it had like opened itself up. 
So it was like, all right, let's just take it. And then what keeps me going is people reaction to it, to be honest. Um, before, like when I first started, I would always say like, oh, it's just a hobby. It's just a hobby. But now it's like people's reaction to my hobby is making me like, oh shit, go harder. Like keep going, put something else out, you know? So I would say the people who receive it is what keep me going. We all get, get into how um, Vogue made me feel like all types of BQ. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all something. It's something about listening to Vogue and then putting the carry on track two, <laughs> back to back, gets my total life. I just, I was like, I didn't know I needed both of the tracks in my life at the same time. That should have stayed behind one another. Man. That's it. Run right be together. Other. Love it. Uh, Dino, so over the last two years, you've given us an amuse boost of tracks that are infectious and leaving us begging for more. Is this an intentional build up to an LP or strategic approach to test the waters? Um, it's really a little mixture of both because I know I owe people an album. But the way my mind is set up, like trying to work on an album, <sighs> with everything that's going on, it's kind of just like it's going. I don't want my album to sound like like I know how I want my album to sound, and the way my mind is set up right now is not going to sound the way I want it to. So it's more so like whenever I get into that space to work on the album, then that's what I do. Which mm. is why y'all get like the EP or y'all will get like a mixtape in between versus like with the album. Because the verses that I'm putting together for these mixtapes, these are not verses that to me qualify for album material. That's how I see it. Because if you listen to the EPs, Mm -hmm. you get kind of like that commercial sound but then y'all know when y'all hear me do like the freestyles mm. and stuff, like you get a completely different sound. Right. So for the album, I want the album to have its own sound, like its own signature sound. Mm. But I want it to be able, like I want you to hear it and be like, yes, that's the Medino Green that we know. Mm-hmm. But until until I'm able to get the temperature right on that, I'm going to just keep, you know, giving y'all, I mean, y'all going to eat it anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask y'all a quick question that's kind of like off the cuff real quick that made me think about it. Um, So how has the past year affected your drive and your artistry? Like, have you noticed a change and like, do you push your, do you find yourself like pushing your pan harder or have you lost some inspiration? Like, how has that affected you both? And anybody who's on phone, we'll never be ready to answer. Um, for me, I felt like the pandemic was probably the perfect time to like get it together, like really buckle down. But you know, in the beginning, a lot of people were scared to come outside and stuff. So, you know, that I will say take a took a big part of it. But then, like as things started to progress forward. Now, the space that everybody's in with everything, I think, you know, music should be, like, I don't know. I think, like, we should be good. I should be good. But I don't feel like I did what I was supposed to do in the pandemic. 
that's just my personal like I just feel like I didn't accomplish what I was supposed to accomplish because right after y'all got the green two EP like y'all was supposed to get the album but then I had the car accident so that car accident kind of like pushed everything back and in all that downtime that I had nothing was happening so it was like the pandemic going on and I'm just literally sitting on my ass not doing nothing so I'm gonna just say I didn't do what I was supposed to do and now I'm playing catch up which is why y'all getting all this shit thrown at y'all left and right because it's like behind the schedule trying to catch up to yourself gotcha what about you Ferry? um for me it was kind of the opposite um I feel like I kind of started doing this music once the pandemic started. So that was a little bit of a, a difference for me. Whereas with Dino, he had like that, that history with it to where he could, you know, take that time. To me, it was like the pandemic hit and boom, so did the Black Fairy. So I kind of thrive just kind of in my own little nest anyway. So when it was there, when it was like everything had shut down, it was just like, I just zoned in, you know, music was like all that I could do in a sense. Like I don't have like, video games and shit like that so it was just like it was just me and the you know my my pro tools and i'm just like let's just figure this shit out so mm-hmm. i started like i said i bought all the equipment and i just kind of like taught myself like that whole i would say like the first six months of the pandemic i just like taught myself like how to make music and then that next six months it was just like vogue jod it was just like, i just dropped like back to back to back and it was just mm-hmm. like take off you know so but that was just me. Like I said, I I didn't have those spaces before. So it was like, I'm just going to go full force now. Since it's like, I'm here, I ain't got shit to do. I'm working and I'm working from home. So it's like even better. So I don't got to like, oh, I'm going to call off today to go do the studio. It's just like, bitches right here. And when you get done, just clock out and go. So to me, it was just, it was all easier for me to get more work done. Now I feel like now that stuff is opening, it's harder because like finding studio time, it's like, damn, now y'all niggas outside. So to me, everything is getting complicated now. <laughs> so, but yeah, pandemic treated me nice. I'm going to say it, it was a good, a good pandemic despite what was going on. I was blessed. So let's lighten the mood a little bit. Um, explain your artist name. Cool. That's a general question for well, I'm going to start saying who. Especially <laughs> so, if, yes, probably not, though, yes, um, I stated in the very beginning that Medina was returning. However, for our new listeners, please explain your, explain, ah, explain your artist name. For me? Um, they don't really have no meaning. Like, what you see is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hard to explain, like, Medino is just like a nickname, you know, that I got from a big song. And green is like one of my favorite colors. So it kind of just meshed. And I kind of just ran with that. Because I didn't, I don't know what the hell else I would have been called if I didn't go with this. So, (laughs) yeah, so that's really it for me. Here, what about you? Mine's, of course, is dramatic, just like me. Um, <laughs> I got into, I got into like Greek mythology like a couple years ago, and it's back when I was doing the whole Instagram name change and shit. So I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna call myself. So, but I, I had discovered like there's an African fairy called Aziza, 
and like my government is Isaiah. So I was like, oh shit, I'm a fairy. And then I'm black. So I just put black in front of it. And so I like changed all my social media shit to black fairy. And then I, when I started doing music in the pandemic, I was like, well, shit, I don't know what to call myself. My name is corny and black fairy. Everybody called me that shit anyway. So I was like, whatever, just black fairy. And so it just stuck. I wish I would have changed it now because I don't like it, but it was just like, it is what it is. <laughs> oh you got it, got it, the branding on it. You put it on your car and everything. You can't my car, it. everything. That's it. And then it's weird because I did all of that stupid shit before I actually started making music. So now everybody like, oh, you did all this because of your music? I'm like, no, nigga, this is the fairy mobile before me. Like, <laughs> this is the plan. Everybody associate everything with like rap now. I'm like, no, it's, it's not rap. <laughs> That is crazy. So, Fairy, um, it's rare to hear rap artists talk about love on a track lately. I really appreciated hearing your vulnerability on From the Heart. Tell us about the inspiration behind the track and how it came to be. Um, that was weird because it, it, it served two purposes. For one, I wanted to slow the album down. So my intentions weren't to like talk about like that much true emotions, but at that time... Um, me and my ex had broke up so it was just kind of like I was talking to myself but I just again I'm just not realizing how much emotion and real stuff like I was actually putting into it so when it came out I was like well shit it's like you know like you said I haven't heard nobody really talk about that side of like the gay love you know what I'm saying like it's always fuck you nigga and it's that and the third I'm like I don't feel like fuck you I just feel like I wish it could have been this way. So I just I just took it there and rolled with it. So again, unintentional, it just developed. It happened. I had the beat. And me and the producer sat, we tweaked it a little bit, and it just the words just start coming. It just was like, gotcha. yo, I gotta talk to you about this before I put this out. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. Yeah. One thing that we did pay attention to for Dino, um, Marlon had made a very interesting observation. So, Medina, my question to you. Can uh -huh. you please describe the inspiration behind Lernice Brown? Um, so, y'all know, like, I'm really big on hip-hop. Mm -hmm. But Lernice Brown was really just inspired by, like, 90s hip-hop. I was, like, I was probably, like, 18 or 19 when I wrote that anyway. So a lot of people don't know that, but if you look at the date on there, I think it says like 2008 or 2009. Um, but yeah, like I was very young when I wrote that because when I was doing music before I like came out as the gay artist, it was always me just trying to do music to fit in or, you know, just make music that I was accustomed to listening to. <laughs> and excuse me, that was the music from the 90s. So that was kind of just like something that I heard. And it kind of, I think what inspired me the most was Lost Boys Renee. That's where I got the inspiration from. So, cause you, I'm from their hood. So it was kind of like me paying homage to them by creating like my own version of one of their classics at such a young age. So yeah, that's where that came from. <laughs> okay, got you. So Fairy. Fill us in on your latest single, Drag. What was the energy you were going for when you created that track? He carried. That's what it was. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Again, Drag came out of fucking nowhere. But I love, I love how that shit came together. So 
as well, I'm I'm finishing up my album and of course the mixtape. So it's like a lot of shit going on. But off the album, there was another song that I was gonna lead with and do like this full blown like campaign for. But it was just like, I don't know, it just wasn't hitting to me, you know, because I've been going for to me a little minute. You know, it's, for me, it's been eight months since I put out like some some real shit in almost a year since I put out like a body of work. So I just put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, damn, this shit is just not it. Like, it's not gonna make the girls gag. It's not gonna make nobody jump. It, it's just, it's there, but it's not that comeback moment that I felt like I wanted. So um, my producer had sent me another pack and I heard drag and I was like, bro, this is, this is what I need. Like, so I got the beat, I think it was a Wednesday. I wrote to it within like an hour. I wrote Drag in an hour, like the full song. Mm. And so I was like, this shit hard. So I'm gonna go to the studio. So I went to the studio the next day, which was a Thursday, recorded it. And I was like, this shit was like, this how you come back. It was just, it was just that shit talking moment. Like it was just pointless. It was catchy. It was, it just was what it was. So then I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna shoot a video to it. So I simply get it mastered on Friday and shot the video Saturday. So that whole drag literally came in like three days from start to finish and then put it out the next week and I just felt like it just it just was what it, it was a drag like I was I carried on it like I didn't mean to but I was like this is that mild you needed something to where you got my bars you got me but you didn't get like bored I wanted something they can like spend during the summer before the project dropped so to me it was just like the perfect little like all right, girls, I'm back. Okay. And it, it it got me here, I guess. And people like it so far. I fuck with it. So let me ask y'all this. Um <sighs> I'm becoming a gay of a certain age. Um and <laughs> I like I, I think about like I I grew up in the transition of how we consume music. And I come from the era where your favorite artist dropped an album one year and you have to wait two for the next one. And now we're in a space where eight months is a long time to be away. And it's like, I, I wonder as artists, like how do y'all feel about that approach to music? Do you sometimes feel pressured to put something out just to stay quote unquote relevant? Or are you okay with taking your time and building bodies of work that are longstanding and not going to be just the hit this week? I'm gonna let you take this one. I, I was gonna <laughs> say, I, I, I personally, I feel like because people tell me that, and I mean, I do, I do understand what people saying because a lot of people now in my ear, they're like, push your music, push your music, push your music, push your music, and I'm like. It really just depends on what your goal is, I feel like, personally. Um, and I say this because Rihanna did something similar. And a lot of people don't realize how quickly Rihanna put music out at the early stages of her career and how impactful each album was. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like it's it's up to the artist. If your goal is to become that strategic rapper or, you know, for me, I'll speak for me and not other artists. For me, it's fun. I do music for fun. I create quick. Um, I feel like I'm good at what I do. And it, it just does not take me eight months or, you know, it's just not, it, I'm not there with it yet. Like I'm having fun with this shit. So if I hear something, it sound good. 
I slid it and I'm confident in it. I'm going to put it out. You know what I'm saying? There's no label. There's no team telling me, oh, you can't do this right now. But eventually, maybe I'll get to that point. And then I'll have to be like, oh, y'all got to wait two to three years. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I like looking at my Apple music and seeing like all of this shit. And it's like, oh, 2020, 2021. Like, oh, he working. Because to me, it's just it's just that easy. If you can do it, do it. Like, who you waiting for what? You know, life is short. Put that shit out. Put that shit out and make it the best. You don't rush it, because that's one thing I had to learn. I was putting music out so fast. My last project, I was like, I don't even like this shit. And no, but Medino just hit me the other day, and he was like, "Fairy Tales and Fantasies," and I'm like, "That's because I took my time with Fairy Tales and Fantasies. I did it quick, but I took my time with it. That's why art of rap wasn't even discussed. But I, I hear that, and these are things that I apply to myself. But it's not going to stop me from not putting shit out. Because to date, Vogue is still my number one song after everything that I put out. Vogue do a thousand views in a day, like still. And I'm like, bitch, did you not just hear drag like I sleep? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like the people gonna consume what they do. So just give it to them or not. But trust your process. Do I'm gonna put this shit out. Dino, you don't got nothing for that? Um just going back to what you said as far as like artists putting out music like once a year and waiting like two years i think that was really just an industry standard thing mm. but also like as time progressed with indie artists or like the becoming of age of indie artists like our attention span has become shorter when it comes to artists and music because being that an artist doesn't have to wait to put out music they can kind of just like drop it whenever they want to so it's kind of like well i'm gonna drop it now and then three months later i'm gonna drop something else just because i could do so you know what i'm saying and i think because artists spoiled us in that sense we've become so short attention span that when it comes to artists releasing music which is why we crave you know new shit all the time from people so when it's like an artist goes on a hiatus for a couple of months or a year or two it's kind of just like we're banging the table where are you you know what i'm saying because now we want something else but um for me uh i don't know i dropped two projects in one year so and i think that was just because i was in the zone and in the space where i could do that um, I want to know what the fuck that noise is. Can y'all hear that? I heard that. <laughs> like, I don't, I think they're power washing oh. outside. Jesus Christ. Um, but for me, like, I just feel like if I know I've been gone or quiet for too long, I'm going to say something. I have to say something. I just if I did. Maybe it's a song, maybe it's a freestyle, maybe it's a feature, just something. But as far as like a body of work goes, like you really got to take your time with that because creating a body of work and putting it out, it's kind of like you creating, you putting your baby out there. You know, you want your baby to be able to stand on two feet when you're not paying attention to it, meaning when you're over it and you are moved on to the next, you still want that project to be able to hold its own. So, yeah. Okay. Besides, I'm planning on retiring soon anyway. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Don't do that. <laughs> we talk about that one offline. That 
Oh. Anyway. So, it's time to, for us to ask our two, I guess you could say our two rap questions. Well, we still got a couple more. No, no, we got to ask our two rap questions first. Okay. Before we get into that. Okay. All right. So, let's get started, shall we? Um, the first one is, name your top five MCs. <laughs> Vicky number one, Eminem number two, Tom G number three, Tupac number four, and myself number five. Come on, put yourself in the lineup. Okay, do you know what you got? Uh, Dylon, Dylon. Come on, Dylon. Say big for one, two is fab. Um, I'm gonna slide myself in at number three on the row. <laughs> um, and for number four, uh, does it have to be hip hop? You said hip hop, right? So it can't be just like another. Um, I'm gonna say Bryant. Word. Okay. Number four. Um and we're gonna get into that later. Um mm-hmm. and for number five, I'm gonna say Kim. And I have my reasons behind that too. I don't think you got All right, everybody, it was fun. What? All right, y'all. So, name your go-to track that you play for inspiration. Bubblegum. Okay. Okay. All right. Yourself for inspiration. (laughs) Now, what is it about that? Let me go there. Um, I, th- I think it's just my cadence, like the way I came into the song. Okay. Because I, t- I talked about Bubblegum on Twitter, how much I hated it, how much I hated it before I actually put it out, because I could not come up with a hook for it. So I was just like, if y'all okay, I don't, I, I was going on a rant or a tangent about something. I was like, if y'all okay with me doing this nursery rap shit, then guess that's what y'all gonna get, and that's what I was referring to. <laughs> That's crazy. Barry, what about you? Um, honestly, I don't really get inspired by like a specific song. Mm-hmm. When I go to write, I'll, so people will send me songs and whatever it sounds like, like especially if you use a sample, I'll just go play that song. And so what I'll do is I'll write to whatever song you sent me sounds like or whatever vibe I get from it. And that's kind of how I creatively process but i don't like oh this shit gonna inspire like mm. i don't listen to nobody and get inspired and write i watch like a documentary and get inspired to like push my pain but i don't even listen to myself and get inspired like i'd be like because i know like there's other, it's just a bunch of words you putting together like you just got to search your brain and figure out what's the hardest set of words you can put together can't nobody inspire you to do that you can either like it's either you or nobody like can't nobody make you can't nobody make this shit, like, unless they write for you. So. Okay, okay. Cool. 
All right. Well, Zeno, what I did notice um, was that you do have a cipher that you were doing at one point. I think that I just we just recently saw it from MobiFest, right. if I'm not mistaken. Can you tell us about how it started? Um, so MobiFest reached out to Brian to do um, a cipher. They, I guess, came up with the idea to put together a cipher. So they were trying to figure out, like, who are like some dope artists that they can get to do the cypher. They reached out to Brian because he's done Moby Fest for like the past three years. Like we've done Moby Fest together. So he reached out to me and he let me know that he wanted to do the cypher. And I was like, okay, great. The way that cypher happened, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So we just going to round these dates off. So it's like a Monday that he is like, we're going to do this cypher thing. So I'm like, okay. He's like, we just need to come up with some other artist names. So we toss in names back and forth, you know, who we know of and stuff like that. And we just playing off of like, is this person going to show up? <laughs> or are they going to stand us up? Because the cypher was in New York. So a lot of people that we were suggesting were people that did not live in New York. So it was travel and stay that we had to worry about. Everybody got paid for the cypher. And let me just say, Moby Fest, they treat their artists with care because they made, they had the budget, okay? Because right. we had some people on that lineup. And I know these people numbers be up there and everybody got what they deserve. So shout out to Moby Fest for that. So I want to say by Wednesday, we was set in stone with like who the artist was, who we was going to do the cypher with. Wednesday, not Wednesday, by Thursday morning, he gave us one beat to work with. By Friday morning, it was a completely different beat. By Sunday, we needed to record this cipher. That's just how that went. Shit. Like, it was very short and, like, tight with time. But we made it work. Um, for some reason, I just love doing ciphers. I don't know why. I just feel like every time I do a cipher, that's, like, my BET moment. <laughs> so <laughs> it's always, like, a thing for me. Where I'm just like, this is it. Um but we had a lot of fun. Um, shout out to all the artists that was a part of it. I definitely told Black Fairy, like, the next time a cypher is discussed and my name gets brought up, I'm definitely going to bring his name up because I think, you know, we need other artists to kind of, like, showcase themselves. And I think it's a great platform because a lot of people did tune in um, to Moby Fest. And, of course, I do like the Misfit Club cypher that's, like, back in Boston, but, you know, I don't live there no more, so... Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my thing. Okay. So, Dino, let me ask you this. So, if you could create your own, like, dream team cypher with five artists, who would it be? Wow. Okay. Um, I definitely want Cakes the Killer on my lineup. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, I love Cakes. We did a show in Boston two weeks ago together. We had a show together at the Trans Resistance March. Like, the way he just performs, like, oh, my God. Um, Definitely, I want Cakes up there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
of course I want Brian up there. And I got my reasons. Um uh, I'm really digging trying to think because do they have to be like LGBT artists or can they just be like no, uh, no. it can be anyone you can you can this is yeah. like this is anyone this is yours. I, I need fab in the cipher <laughs> I, I need I, I need fab in the cipher and I need Dave East in the cipher okay. um that's, that's four uh, that's three so you got no that's four you got that's cakes, cakes Bryant Brian. Dave East and Fab. Yeah, he's right oh, Fab, four. that's right. One more. You got one more? One more. Mm-hmm. I guess I can put myself in a cypher. <laughs> I mean, you're already there because it's your cypher, so you need one more person. Um, <laughs> Damn. Why is it so hard? Because I'm coming to you next. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You included in this too. Listen. (laughs) Um. I'm gonna say Dream Doll. Okay, you better come through with the words. Okay. All right. I can see it. And. I'm going to leave it at that because I know this is being recorded, so I'm going to keep that extra <laughs> shit. <to myself. laughs> yeah. All right, Fairy, your turn. Man, this is no Dream Cypher. Who you got? Uh, Nikki, of course. Okay. Tom G, of course. That is, Tom G is like um, like my hometown hero. Like, that's that's the rapper that, that made me think, like, I could rap. Like, he was just that dude. So, I'm gonna always put him in there. He he nice with it. So Nikki, Tom G. Oddly enough, surprise I'm surprised she said dream dog, because I was gonna say Asian dog. Like to me, Asian, that girl mouth is ridiculous. So I and and when I think cypher, I think like hard rap. She gonna she gonna slide. So I would say Asian doll. Mm-hmm. Um Nikki Tom Asian. Shit, who else in a cypher? I'm saying, I'm saying, oh, YB and Corday. I don't know if y'all know who that is, but that nigga, he can rap too. I know who like, you're talking he about. He don't stop. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, so I can see him in a cypher just because I feel like he gonna, he gonna cypher. Like, he ain't gonna write nothing. And I, I just, I like him. So I like him for a cypher. Um, One more. I can't say myself. I can't cypher like that anyway. So who else would I say? <laughs> I got a great answer, yeah. I'm Honestly, I'd probably say Medino because I never seen... Uh, other than bars, I've never seen a gay rapper do a cypher until I watched that one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, he rapped because that's mm-hmm. what it brought me to, like BET. And y'all got to understand, I'm still discovering a lot of these like gay rappers. So a lot of the stuff I just, I literally have not discovered mm-hmm. yet. So seeing that, I was mm-hmm. like, because I think Seven Deep um, did Moby Fest or something like that. So that's what I even found out about it. And so when I saw his cypher, I was like, damn, what the fuck he on BET? And I was like, oh no, that's a movie fest. And I was like, okay, that's my show. So, <laughs> so to me, he solidified not only the show, but he solidified himself. So I was like, I'll, I'll play him in a cycle after seeing that. Okay. okay. That's what's there we go. 
Yeah. Uh, Let me tell you how much I hate my cypher verse. I hate whatever, nigga. Why? I hate that because, like, the beat. Oh my god! Like, we were all in a house together. It was me, Brian, um, Bars, and Fly King. We was all in a house together. And we was like rehearsing and going over it. And I felt like I had the weakest verse out of everybody. I hated it. I was really about to pull some shit and rehearse that verse. And when them cameras came on, I was about to give y'all asses another verse and and do it. (laughs) But I was just like, you know what? Don't do that. So, oh my gosh. That's how much I hated it. I was like, I'm gonna just act like I like this verse until the cameras are on, and then I'm gonna give y'all something else. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be that. That's fucking and crazy. That's gonna be that. Uh, I hated that verse. <laughs> it was good. Man. Yeah, it was. But you know, we're our own worst critics, so I'll let you. Yeah. Out. All right. So let's talk about We got two heavier questions. Um. And I'm going to start with the first one. Do you believe you can achieve mainstream success without having to censor your lyrics? No. Mm. Okay. All right. Tell us why. I don't feel like, honestly, and this is just my personal opinion, the world is not ready for no gay rapper, bro. And, and I say that with all confidence in that I feel like we are so talented. Like, again, the amount of gay rappers that I have found, I'm like, y'all just as hungry as the straight niggas. Why haven't y'all made it? Why haven't Case the Killer have been on BET? Why haven't, why am I just now finding out about a Medino Green? And it's because the world is just, they're simply not ready for it. Santana is, in my opinion, the biggest pioneer, no matter how I feel about what he says, He's carrying LGBT rap and look how far he's getting with like, to me, not gimmicks, but his, his persona, his him. I feel like that's kind of, we're going to be in that space for a minute. It's going to take time for the rap to kind of accept us the way pop has Lil Nas. You know what I'm saying? Because pop really hasn't accepted him all the way. Like we have as a consumer because he makes good music. Brands have because they bring in money. But when you think powerhouse, he, he's not there yet either. You know, he's, he has the potential to be, but I just don't feel like the world is quite ready. Yet. And I think for rap to be able to accept it, a whole lot of shit going to have to change before rap truly embraces like a gay rapper. And I feel like it will be based off what you say. It'll be based off of how you brand yourself. It'll be based off your content. Whoever makes it is going to be a really, I mean, makes it like Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? I'm not discrediting nobody. Everybody dope at what they do. But I'm, when I think mogul and I think rapper, I think J. Cole, Kendrick, Tupac, Biggie, people who leave legacies with their music, it's going to take somebody like that. And it's going to take a lot of time because they are respected in the industry. And industry niggas don't respect gay rappers. That's just, that's just bottom line. Well, for me, niggas don't, they, they don't respect it. And I can tell they don't because it's too many, it's too much talent circulating on social media. Like, is it, I should see these niggas on TV because they can go bar for bar with y'all. No, no cap. But because you don't respect it, because you don't, you don't see it yet, it, it, it won't, it won't get there, in my opinion. No time soon. I hope so. I hope to see Santana at the Grammys picking up best album of the year. 
I just personally, realistically, I'm like, yeah, it's going to take a lot more than that. And I just don't see it happening right now. Okay. Do you know? I'm with Barry on this one. Um, Y'all know I've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I agree with him. Like, the world is not ready to hear the bass in your voice when you talk about second day. Like, they're not ready for that. So I think because they aren't ready for it, like he said, you're going to have to wrap your ass off. I feel like the people he named, like people like Lil Nas X, even though pop culture considers him to be a rapper, I personally don't consider him to be a rapper because what you're doing for me is not, you're not rapping. You're entertaining, you're making good songs. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they accept it because the masses have already approved it in a sense. He signed to Columbia Records, you know, like I've seen him in pictures with other gay artists. Um, I'm really good friends with people that style him but his magazines and stuff like you know and in the back of my mind I'm always just like when you have like a platform the way he do like why aren't you reaching out to other artists Mm. and trying to like pull them to the front for it like he had tweeted something um saying like do you guys want to see me? Like, what do you guys want to see? I got a, a present for y'all for Pride or something. What What do you guys think it should be? Or some shit, I don't know. But I saw the tweet and I retweeted it and I was just like, why don't you extend the olive branch to other gay artists that you know, you know, and not just the popular ones because there are the gay rappers that are, the popular girls that I'm going to mm-hmm. call them, they're the popular girls because they have these large fan bases and they have this thing about them that we consider to be like, oh, y'all must, you know, y'all don't like the popular girls mm-hmm. of the, you know, y'all like the popular girls and then you got the niggas over here that like really rap rap. Like, mm-hmm. There's a difference between making a good song and actually rapping. And I feel like the ones that make good songs, the ones that make good songs are the ones that get the recognition, but they don't speak for all of us. Because you have people like myself, you have people like Bars, you have people like Black that rap. You know what I'm saying? And when the outsiders hear that, they be like, Oh, word. Like, that's how y'all niggas is coming. But then you have the popular girls that get all the light. And when the masses try to tune in to see, like, okay, well, what these niggas is doing? All they see is the popular girls. And they just like, okay, so it's pretty much just an ass shaking, twerking dance fest. That's, that's that. But that's not, that's not all of us. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't even think I have a song in my catalog. Well, maybe I do. I got a song called Shake, but it's a Harlem-based song. So it's still like a hood song, but it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's meant for you to Harlem shake. It's not meant for you to twerk. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, like, the world is not necessarily ready because they already accepting 
the popular girls. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for us that actually rap, it's, it's not that they don't want to accept it. They just can't believe it because they just like, well, you like turking and doing... Who said I like that stuff though? You know what I'm saying? Like that just because you see that in the Instagram stories or you see other people doing that, that's not necessarily what I do. Mm. You know, like I always told myself, like, I if I ever had a moment to where I had to showcase who I was as an artist, I'm not gonna shut the fuck up. Y'all gonna get every fuck. I'ma dig in the bag, okay? Like bag, I'ma have there's gonna be a hole in the bag and I'ma still be grabbing in it. Okay. (laughs) I'm not gonna stop. Because I'm gonna let them know like I'm not the only person of my kind that raps the way I do. You can't play a Medino Green song and then play one of the popular girl songs and tell me that you get the same type of feel. Because you don't. But the consumers are going to go with the popular girl music because the popular girls are doing what is accepted and is doing what they like versus like doing like what the boys is doing. It's, it's, that's what it is. It's like you got the boys and then you got the girls. The girls are winning. And before they can accept the boys, they got to accept the girls. That's just how I see it. So people like Santana that have a large platform, all of his music is pretty much dance, twerk music. It's pretty much all the same trick a nigga type of shit. But there's other artists that can make more, that can make music that sounds better than that, that you may feel comfortable playing. You know what I'm saying? Because not everybody's going to feel comfortable playing the Santana song in their car out loud. You know what I'm saying? But you might feel comfortable playing a Black Fairy song because, you know, Black Fairy making music that's neutral or he just making music that make you feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? I think it's really just a comfortability thing and they just not ready to accept that there are gay men out there that rap like the boys in the industry. Not all of us want to rap like the girls in the industry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it really like, I, I love everything you just said because it breaks it down to really what's palatable to the masses right now. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like both of you are really pretty much summed it up in so many mm-hmm. words. Like the strip of fucking nigga taking for his money, twerking type shit is the wave right now that's what's popular and that's that's what's popular so that's what's gonna sell and sorry to cut you off but like i look at how they do Lil nas x like when he came out old town road um he was dressed as a cowboy and columbia everything cowboy 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 they wore that fucking cowboy outfit out now now when y'all see him his videos, his visuals, he pushing that, he pushing the boundaries. Now he putting on women's clothes. He's doing photo shoots, wearing corsets and stuff like that. Now they trying to push that on him because that's what's accepted in pop culture. So they trying to make him acceptable for pop culture and still slap the black gay rapper on it. There's nothing wrong with that. Y'all can do that, but just know that there are Medino Greens that exist 
there are black fairies that exist. There are bars that exist. There are Bryant's that Bryant was like Bryant was the sex symbol yeah. for gay hip hop yes, before it became a trendy thing. And now that it's a trendy thing, it's just like, y'all need to give this man his flowers because Bryant was getting on stage talking about all the shit that y'all saying now. And they was looking at him like he was crazy. (laughs) They was loving him because of him being, you know, himself. But like content wise, it was just kind of like people wasn't ready to consume that. But now they ready to consume that. And I feel like right now what's happening with Lil Nas X. And I also feel like they... They don't have to do that with Santana because that's probably his personality to carry himself a certain type of way. It's acceptable for pop culture and it's acceptable for the masses. So that's how they're going to make their money. They don't know how to market gay men that rap like me because who are you going to market me to? There's a whole heap of butch queens and all of that shit that's, that exists out there. But put a Santana song on, they want to dance. You put a Medino Green song on, they don't know if they want to punch a nigga in the face or rob him. They don't know what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you can't, I feel like if you can't market the music, then they not going to bother with it. And because you can market somebody like that, that's what they go on with. And like I said, with Lil Nas X, they did the cowboy thing. And now I feel like they dressing him in women's clothing and stuff. And that's fine. But I feel like they doing it because it's acceptable and it's easier to push him like that. They can see like we can market him like this and make money. And but this sorry to cut you off. This is my problem. You can have someone like Lil Nas X, but then you can look at somebody like Santana where it's the real aesthetic compared to the force one, where Santana will sit here and basically be shunned to exactly where he is right now, which is trying to mm-hmm. get across over the mainstream, but you have someone that actually did the backdoor effect, which was wait to come out, and now it's almost like the people behind him is like, let's force feed all of this into the actual image now. So it's like I also feel like they be stealing, too. They steal images, and they steal aesthetics from people and they don't want to give the real people the credit for the aesthetic because they try to put a little flair on it but that's for another conversation because I know some shit and they would hate me so yeah but you know what and um, I'm gonna say this before we move on to the next question because we really deep dove on this one but yes we did (laughs) (laughs) The thing about this conversation is the harsh reality that they're not ready for y'all because if we put y'all in front of the masses, what come out of your mouth is not going to make sense. And it's hard to digest to them. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, they want to see their gay. Yeah. That's what it is. Like, I want to be able to, like, when this motherfucker step on the stage, I don't want to like be ready for him to spit bars and then he open his mouth and it's like, did that nigga just say he's a dick? What? Hold, hold on, wait, time out. I don't know what to do with that. Like, like cut the music. Right, cut the music. Get this man <laughs> on stage. You know, like they they want to be able to to see it. They want you to like 
okay, and coming to the stage, glitter, confetti, yes! Like, and then be like, okay, this is, I know what to expect. But like, to put a Dino Green, a brand, a Black Fairy on stage, and Mubbix is coming with bars, and it's like, but wait, he, what? That, they can't, they can't comprehend talent and gay. I will never understand it. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. But that's, again, it's a culture shift. So it'll have to be a it'll have to be a whole culture shift, and again, specifically in rap, in order for a gay rapper to make it to the level that the greats that we look up to mm-hmm. are at. It'll it'll have to be a culture shift, and that shit not gonna happen all the time. So you're, you're kidding yourself if you think it is. Just go hard at what you do and hope that you that one. But yeah, right, just hope that it's, it's gonna take the, it's gonna take some work, you know. Because if we're being honest, the way the pop culture likes to categorize people as rappers that are not necessarily rappers, they're entertainers. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Listen. Thanks. So, so for the last question, for both of you, mm-hmm. in your opinion, what will, it ta- what will it take for the LGBTQ hip-hop community to unite? Because I've always seen, like, now that we have a lot more artists that are out and making music, I'm always hearing murmurs about, like, again, like Dino said, there's this separation of the popular girls and the people that are on the ground doing their own shit, pushing their own shit in social media, not really getting their shine. Got a lot of people that are hating on each other. Like all of there's a lot of crazy shit going on. What is it gonna take for our community to unite and really like push this music and get it out there to the masses? Tell you right now, ain't gonna be no unity no time soon because everybody wants to be that girl. They want to be that one girl to break the mold and be like, I'm the first gay rapper. They want that. So it's not going to be, oh, let's hold hands. We about to do a ladies night remix. Y'all could keep wishing that shit into fruition. It's not mm-hmm. happening. Happen. I could fuck with you as an artist and I could be cool with you as an artist. I could have a brotherhood and a relationship with you outside of that. But when it comes to rap, to me, Rap is a competitive sport. I could love you down. I love my brother Bryant dearly. But me as an artist, I'm always feel like I can out-rap him. Just like he going to feel like he can out-rap me. That's just what it is. But one thing I'm not going to do is get on a public platform and try to like discredit anything that he's done because he's made the way for artists like myself to come through and be able to get on stage and do what we do. I feel like with the new artists now, some of them, they don't do that background research. They're not looking back to say, well, let me see who did this. You know how many times I've had artists come up to me and be like, oh my God, I seen a video of you on YouTube and you were like 18 years old and you had this big old hat on and you were rapping with all these other older guys. Yes, because that was me. I, I mean, like that was my coming into the industry moment, but People wouldn't know that if they didn't actually look back to see like, okay, well, 
who's Medino Green? Let me see what he's done. Let me look at, you know, his track record to see like how long he's been doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like nobody's doing their homework. I feel like people come into this industry and they kind of just latch on to whoever they latch on to. And then it's just kind of like, okay, boom, we're going to go from here. You know how many interviews I've heard of people that said when they came out, they didn't know that other gay rappers exist, but now they asking these other gay rappers for features and trying to make friends with the same people y'all was just shading in y'all interviews because you tried to have a moment. Like, it's, it's I, I don't know. Like, for me, you know, y'all know, like, I've been doing this shit for a minute. Like, I don't see that happening no time soon. Some of us get along. Right. And I think, I, I feel like the ones that know how to rap get along and the ones that don't know how to rap or the ones that entertain get along. And that's where the division comes in because they know what they, like they they listen to our music and they know like, oh, these niggas is spitting. We, and they know like, I can't compete with that. So you just going to shade me and you going to talk about whatever you talk about because you're one of the popular girls and you want to stay over here with your popular friends and you know and that's going to be that i really think like as far as unity in the community goes hold your breath underwater terry what you think um you know it's funny i i, I feel like every time i do these interviews i <laughs> learn something else like about the industry and about myself too because Medino is speaking like hella facts in a certain way because mm-hmm. I for whatever reason have been welcomed by people in the industry as far as LGBT unless they just like I don't know being hella fake and not you know talking behind my back and not saying it to my face I, I have genuinely not I don't build connections and relationships with these people um, of course I love my boys in Florida I will always rep them Bunky, Nubian um chico bars those are just those are like my city boys you know what i'm saying they those are people that they're from where i'm from so i'm always rep them and then like i said the other the other guys that i'm being introduced to and running into it's just kind of like it's a vibe you know what i'm saying they fuck with my music i fuck with their music and it's like it's always real mutual and you know it's respect respect and they keep it pumping but so like medino said i think when unit when you're speaking unity and you're really thinking like okay let's band together and do something like ladies night He's right. I did not do my research before I started this music. Like, I woke up one day and said, I'm good at music. This is what the fuck I'm going to do. And I just stayed in my little bubble and I made my music. And like I said, through that, I got to know, like, oh, shit, other people do this shit, too. Like, I'm not just the only one. I mean, you don't think that you're the only gay rapper, but because you don't see it and I don't research it, like, in my everyday, again, I work in finance, like, corporate America business. That was my life before music. So I didn't... I wasn't discovering like gay rappers. Like it just wasn't something I did. And when I started doing music, it didn't dawn on me to like, oh, let me go see who else doing this. Like, it was just like, this is just what I'm gonna do. But I do feel like for unity to happen within the people, like the popular girls and then the Medinos, however, whoever's in those two categories, I do think it'll have to be a situation where you understand who you're working with and you understand your peers. You know what I'm saying? Because I've, I haven't done my research on Medino. I've looked at your content, but as far as like YouTube videos, when you say stuff like that, it's like, oh shit, like, let me go look. But again, it's not on my forefront to go think about no shit like that. So I'm not, 
I'm busy over here working on this album. So I think once the girls truly stop putting up the front and faking like they love each other and like, oh, I love you and I love your music and you actually go listen to the person you just said you love, that's where the guarantee will come. But like I said, for me, I, I ain't had no... I ain't had no smoke, you know what I'm saying? I've been I've been pretty safe. And I think that's just because I'm just doing it because I love it. I ain't, I'm not competing with nobody. You gotta be for me, you know, have fun. I, I don't I don't even know how to handle that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's never been welcomed in my circle. That's that's you, baby girl. So but just just do your research on what you're doing and 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 appreciate who you work with. That's that's the big thing. And there's nothing new under the sun. That's that's the Nikki and Kim, you know, beef. It's like what you're doing is not new. And if you really want to be that guy that bands everything together, look up who you're working with. You know what I'm saying? Saucy Santana and Lil Nas X are not the only ones. Charlie Exile, that was like the gay rapper before like Lil Nas was. I was like, this nigga creative as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you just gotta right, like look the whole into the craft, thing. like the whole aesthetic. The, you know, the whole aesthetic is just like, okay, so who's watching Charlie and feeding it? But like I yeah. said, this is being recorded. So I'm sure that's Cut that out in the tape. <laughs> oh my gosh, yo, you all have been amazing. Um, before we get to the wrap up, um, here at Who Raised You Hoes, we usually end our podcasts with a mental health tip. But being that this is the Proudful Sound series, and you all are our resident artists on this episode, we're going to ask you all to give an artist tip. And the artist tip that I want you to give is tell any new artists out there the best way to preserve their sound. Okay, man. What tip would you give to a new artist, a new queer artist, on how to preserve their sound? Stay loyal. Okay. You have to stay loyal to yourself first and your team second. Mm. People hoop and holler all day long. I ain't got no team. I ain't got no team. All right, bitch. If you ain't making the beat and if you're not recording yourself, you have a team. And you have to stay loyal to that team. When you get you a, a group of people who hear you, like you hear you and you like it, be loyal to it. That's how you, that's how I sound like the same black fairy. No matter what I deliver, my sound from my EP today, I sound the same. Mm. So just, and it's because I work with the same motherfuckers from the start to now. You can switch it up, but just, just be loyal to your sound. And when I say be loyal to yourself, if you do, you know what I'm saying, try somewhere new because now I'm in Charlotte building a team. But I, I trust and I, I'm loyal to my own sound. So no matter what, I'm not going to sound like Charlotte because I'm loyal to that Florida sound. I'm loyal to, to the producers I work with. I'm loyal to that. That is me. So I'm, I'm going to keep that no matter where I go. And I could be in Charlotte, Atlanta, New York. I'm going to sound like this. And when I put music out, it's going to sound like this because I, I know me. I'm loyal to me, not the music. Word. Okay. Do you know... Dino. Um, how to preserve your sound? Just keep writing. Write your own shit. Oh, that's like just just keep writing your own shit. And like Black said, like you just gotta stay loyal to the people that you work with, and just stay true to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Do your research. Do your homework. And have fun. Like it's not always like you don't have to always be so 
I can't even find a word. Like you just like you just don't have to be so catty all the time. Like you can have fun. Like I miss the days of being able to just talk shit and records without people feeling like you taking shots at them. Like I don't know your fucking life. So if I said something <laughs> that you feel offended by, like, would you want me to take it out the song? No. Like, like why are you but, <laughs> who, hurt you? who hurt you? Right. Like I didn't like I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? Like just like just have fun. You know, find a sound that works for you and works for your aesthetic that you going for that you want to keep. Um, also, like just research other aesthetics as well because when too many people got the same aesthetic, it just sounds like it, it get boring after a while. So yeah, that's what I got. I mean, that's real. Fellas, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to be here with us. Yes. Um, I know, damn well, I wasn't doing nothing today. <laughs> Before we got here, I was sleeping. Okay. <laughs> Tell the lovely people where they can find you on the socials and also on digital streaming platforms. Anybody. Anybody. Take your time. Well, you can find me on all social media. All social media is B underscore Black Fairy. Um, and if you want my music, search all streaming platforms with just Black Fairy. Uh, that's Twitter, Instagram, Apple Music, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No OnlyFans. All right. All right. Yeah. No OnlyFans? No OnlyFans. Ah. <laughs> no, that's right. no OnlyFans. I know that's right. Um, y'all can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Medino Green. Um, you can search my music everywhere, Medino Green. It's pretty much the same. Like, y'all can add me as a friend on Facebook. Don't, because I don't even use Facebook, so don't even worry about adding me on there. So <laughs> it'll just be sitting there until I get to it. Uh, <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Sweet shit. All right, y'all. So, whole nation, don't forget when you hear this, share it on your platforms. Make sure on Apple Podcasts that you like, rate, Rate, comment, subscribe. subscribe. Slide in these DMs. I'm tired of this shit looking all dusty and rusty, bitch. Say something to us, please. God damn. I know y'all. Slide in their DMs. Can we DMs. If y'all slide in a message for us for them, I will forward the message. Uh, just uh, 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 yeah. Let me say it now before y'all go crazy. Our DMs is for business only. Hell, I'm about to stop taking it there. Only email. If you pop in that inbox trying to look for either one of them, I will not respond. <laughs> I'm letting y'all know right now. But anyway, at any rate, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Yes. Share with a friend, share with your mama, share with your best friend, share with your haters so they can listen too. And friend, where can I find us? In the email world, for all business inquiries, <laughs> it is wryhpodcast at gmail.com. One more time, friend. wryhpodcast at gmail.com. That's right, whole nation. So until next time, this is the finale of Proud for Sounds. Thank y'all so much. This is a good-
And we'll holler at y'all hosts next time. Peace out. Bye. Bye.